slinging the green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Tonight, fans are filling the Farrell Center for the final time for a Baylor men's basketball game as 10th-ranked Baylor hosts Mississippi Valley State. The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham, Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor, by Alliance Bank Central Texas, by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business, and by Diamore Fine Jewelers. 4541 West Waco Drive, where Waco gets engaged. There's the record breaker. 19 made threes by the Bears. A Baylor record for made threes here in the Farrell Center. It is a memorable finale for Baylor men's basketball here in the Farrell Center. Crowd stands and applauds the Bears. Win at 107 to 48 over Mississippi Valley State. Now, from the Alan Samuel Studios, you're listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. It's the best of the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton in with you on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon, and we've got a great show lined up for you. John has the week off the holidays. We've got three great interviews today. We'll hear from David Chandler, who worked for Baylor for 35 years, 31 of those in Baylor Athletics. John was able to catch up with him in his new hometown of Denver, where John was earlier this year with the Baylor men's basketball team in the NCAA tournament. We'll also hear from Dakota Farquhar Cadell, who is the Associate Director of Student Activities, also the Robert Reed Director of the Baylor Chamber of Commerce. But more importantly to this conversation we're going to hear today, he oversees a live mascot program on campus, and he talked to John when the new Bear Cubs, Indy and Bell, arrived on campus. A great conversation. We'll hear that in a little while. But up first, John talks with former Baylor football All-American and current Houston Texans All-Pro Safety, Jalen Petrie. Here is that conversation. All right, what a thrill to be here. And uh, without further ado, let's bring up our guest of honor today, Jalen Petrie. There you go, my man. Great to see you. Thanks for being here. I would echo that. Thanks to Morgan Kleinschmidt with the uh, Texans who uh, helped line this up for us. And Cam Young is here also. Where's Cam seated? There he is right back there. Cam is a Baylor grad who works for the Texans also. So we appreciate y'all. And we, uh, we claim you as one of ours, but I know the Texans do too. Pretty cool. Oh, yes, sir. I'm blessed um, to, you know, be so close to home, but also, you know, be so close to my second home as well in Baylor. So um, I'm glad everybody got to come out, and it's a good-looking room. Uh, I know uh, UT and OU couldn't look this good, so I'm happy all y'all came. Zing right off the top. Yes, well sir. done. Very good. Good-looking room with your uh, mom and dad and your girlfriend here also. Yes, sir. I'm blessed to have them in my life. They helped me out so much, and uh, um, they do so much for me. So, you know, I had to make sure that they were here for this special event. Love it. Rick and DeVita are right here. Your mom and dad and Juliana is here. Let's welcome them. Very cool. Uh, here, here's a softball question to start. How are things going for you? You're doing pretty well. I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time with the Texans. Like I said, I'm at home. Um, 
I actually grew up here 15 uh, minutes from the Galleria, so I'm really close to home. My family's here, and I'm enjoying football. Um, coaches and the staff, they have welcomed me um, with open arms from the start, and I think that um, I'm just continuing to build, and I'm, I'm excited about my future. What's the biggest difference coming from, uh, from college at Baylor? I mean, a really high level, but then coming to the pros, what's the biggest difference for you? Um, I think the biggest difference is just the professionalism of everybody. Um, from the players to the coaches to the support staff and um, everybody around you, I feel like um, there's no slack in the building. Everybody is trying their best, and um, I think that uplifts your, your game as well. That has made me you know, continue to um, evolve as a person and also a player on the field. Second-round draft pick, I think everybody knows, 37th pick overall. Did you think, I mean, did you feel like you could come in and have the kind of impact you have had as a rookie this past year? I definitely did. You know, I always want to go into things with the confidence that I can, you know, succeed at whatever I'm doing. And um, I think that was a big um, reason why I did have the success. But um, with that, I think you have to also have confidence in your preparation and um, the work that you put in on a day-to-day basis because without that, um, you're not going to be able to make the plays and do the things that you can do on the field. So um, I think the biggest part is just making sure that you're putting in that work and um, the results will come. We've seen the results of it in your play. Where does that come from? Uh, is that from your from your dad, from a particular coach growing up, or where does that come from? Oh, it's all from my parents. You know, they've done everything for me growing up. Um, they've made me into the person I am. Without them, um, well, first off, without God um, blessing me with them, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. So um, they get 100% of the credit, and I'm, I'm forever thankful for them. Very nice. Well said. Let's go back to uh, your high school days, Stafford High School, recruited by Baylor. I hope you know you've got a special place in the heart of Baylor fans that I'm not sure anybody will ever, (laughs) ever replace. Uh, You committed to Baylor, signed with Baylor, and stuck with Baylor when a lot of other guys left. Really, everybody else left when they had the opportunity to do so. What do you remember about that time and your, your commitment that was unwavering in coming to Baylor? Yeah, I can remember the day I got offered by Baylor. I called my dad and told him that um, I was offered by Baylor and they was going to give me a scholarship to play football. And that's the thing that um, me, him, and my brother had been working on um, my whole life. So that was a real surreal moment for me. And uh, it it was like one of the best days of my life because I knew that I was going to be able to live out my dream and play at the collegiate level, which was all I ever really wanted to do, and be able to get a a, a great degree from a prestigious university like Baylor. And um, I think the the bonus came that, you know, I continued to develop my relationship with Jesus Christ. I had a lot of support and help from the people at Baylor that, you know, just continued to push me in different ways that I don't think I would have been pushed anywhere else. So I'm thankful for Baylor and everything that they did for me. Very nice. You had uh, – it was a rough time, wasn't it? I mean, was it tough to, to uh, keep your commitment and stay and end up there when other guys were leaving? It was a little tough because, you know, sometimes you want to go with the wave and you want to do um, what's popular, but – um, I looked at the three things that I was looking for into a school. The first was um, obviously um, the the amount of competition that I would be playing in the Big 12 and the type of school that Baylor was in terms of academics. And like I said, the bonus came in with, um, you know, the religious background that Baylor had. So um, those three things kind of stood out to me, and that was the real reason I ended up staying. So that kind of made it easier, but it was a little hard early on seeing that. Everybody was leaving, and um, that was becoming a norm. People decommitting and stuff like that. But 
Um, once I checked off those three boxes, I thought that Baylor was the right place for me, and it definitely was. Yeah, very yeah. cool. <laughs> Turned out well, didn't it? Yes, <laughs> it turned out great. Did you um, uh, that commitment that you stuck with uh, stuck with Baylor? Um, were there any doubts along the way? I mean, I'm sure you're getting hit from a lot of directions. Yeah, I was getting hit, but it really solidified, and you know showed me that Baylor was the right spot for me in my junior year when I tore my ACL in, in high school. And I seen a lot of uh, colleges start to, you know, back up because of that and, you know, started to not show their commitment as much. So that really, really put it in for me. Like, I'm going to Baylor and I'm sticking with this. And that's when I ended up um, enrolling early my, my senior year. Yeah, Very good. So it was like Baylor showed their commitment to you and you were going to return that. Yes, sir. And exactly. you did. Big time. Uh, I think most folks here know you were a Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year your last year. Congratulations on that. Yes, sir. And uh, things ended well. That 2021 season was just fantastic. Uh, it really the best season in Baylor football history. I mean, by any measurement, 12-2, and two, uh, won the bowl, won the Big 12 Conference Championship in dramatic fashion, won the uh, Sugar Bowl over a good Ole Miss team. I mean, best season in Baylor football history, and you were right in the middle of that. What was that like? Oh, it, it was wonderful. It was a lot. Um, I think that a lot of people didn't see on the inside that led up to that, though. It was a lot of long nights that me and a lot of my teammates spent um, in the locker room, just talking and getting to know each other in the weight room, grinding, and also in the film room, studying the things that we needed to study. So um, it was great to see that, you know, God blessed us with the opportunity to go and win the, the Big 12 championship. It was a good way to end my career. When you think of either that season or your whole career on the field, what was uh, what are some of the highlights you think of? It was a lot of them. That's, that's a great question. <laughs> that's it. There were a lot of them. That's right, that you can't come up with just one. I think the, 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 the highlight probably was – I have two. Okay. Definitely was when we beat Oklahoma yeah. um, in 2021. It was a very close game, um, and we ended up pulling that off. And also, you know, my senior night. Um, being able to have my parents on the field and letting them see me uh, for the last time out there at McLean Stadium and just having them out there, having my brother, it was just, it was good vibes and it was a lot of love out there. So, you know, I would say those two two instances was the was the best times on the field. Pretty cool memories. Those were great. How about the Big 12 championship game, the win over Oklahoma State? Uh, you remember what that came down to. What about that last, you guys had a lead, Oklahoma State's driving. If they score, they're going to take the lead late. What, what are your recollections of that final series there? McVay, big play McVay. Yeah. Um, he ended up making a big play on the fourth down. But like I said, it was a lot that led up to that. It was a lot of plays that um, was good and a lot of plays that was bad. I can remember some instances where I wasn't doing the right thing and that led to some big plays and, you know, a lot of mistakes. But then also, like I said, a lot of good plays. But that ended up leading us to the last play where McVay, a guy that is consistent, a guy that shows up every day ready to work. And, you know, I was so happy that he, you know, got to – have that moment and had to, you know, win the game for us. It was a real surreal moment. And I was so tired after that play because I was celebrating, I was screaming, and, um, you know, tears of joy, like all of that. It, it was a great moment for sure. That was huge. But you were uh, the third down. That was the fourth down play. The third down play, you were right in the middle of that, weren't you? I was. So that play ended up being a play-action boot. Um, so a couple plays before that, it was it was obviously four downs, and they was running the ball a lot. And I was noticing that we had Apu, we had Terrell, we had Dylan, and it was very hard for them to just run it in. So I had a feeling that they were about to throw the ball, 
and um, ended up throwing it, and I was in coverage and went up to pick it, but got hit a little bit and ended up getting a deflection. So that ended up leading to the fourth down play. But it was a great game, and I enjoyed it so much. It was it was probably one of my one of my favorite games of my whole career. Uh, I would say the same thing. Yes, I sir. agree. Yes, sir. <laughs> and again, something that will live on in the hearts and minds of Baylor fans forever, and you were right in the middle of it. The fourth down play, uh, am I right? So McVeigh comes out, he makes the tackle. Were you one of the guys Terrell was that ran up to the ref right after that play? I didn't. I okay. took off. <laughs> you just but, ran, right? Yeah, I took off because I had I had a good line of sight and I seen that it was short. But a cool story is the play before that play happened. Um, me and my teammates on defense, we didn't have a defensive call because it was loud in there. We couldn't hear and we couldn't get the play in. So we ended up calling a timeout. We didn't have any timeouts, right. so we're running off the field. And the refs tells us, come back out, come back out. Y'all don't have any timeouts. And then we ended up playing that play with no play. So we were basically just out there freestyling. And McVeigh ended up making a play. So it was great. Thank God for that. That's a great story. I don't make Oklahoma State fans happy that, you know, biggest play. I mean, it would have been for them if they had scored there. You know, they would have gone on into the playoff probably. But, uh, but you guys did it. I mean, that's kind of muscle memory, though, isn't it, from all the practices and all the games and all the veterans you guys had on defense. Even though you didn't have a play called, look what happened. Exactly. I think it goes back to those locker room talks and all the chemistry that all of us had, all of the hardships that we went through. It just all came together in that last play, and I think that was a that's a perfect picture on you know why you should you know stay and you know push through things because eventually you'll see the light. Wow, that is great. Uh, on to the Sugar Bowl. How fun was that? Great experience. Um, it was a little bit different because of COVID, but me and my teammates we we enjoyed it. We went bowling. We um, got to walk through the streets of New Orleans and had a good time together because you know we were there for four days, spent a lot of time with our coaches, hospitality suites playing games. It was just a fun time. Great food. Um, state of Louisiana, I think, has the best food. Um, probably Texas is very close, but yeah. it was great. You know, I, was, I had to watch myself because I was eating a little too much, and I know the game was coming up, but it was a great time. That's funny. Morgan will appreciate that. She's an LSU grad, so yes. she'll appreciate that comment. Uh, so you win that game, and that wraps up your, your collegiate career in great fashion. Then you start getting ready for the draft. What was that, that process like, the workouts and everything as the draft is coming? Yes, yeah, so I believe the game, the Sugar Bowl, was on Saturday. On Monday morning, I was already in Dallas at Exos facility wow. getting back to work. So... It was a quick turnaround, but it was fun because I was going into a new chapter in my life. And, you know, I had to get ready for it because it was something that I hadn't been accustomed to. I had to change my body. I had to, you know, nail down the 40s, learn some new techniques. It was fun to, you know, be able to be around the best of the best and, um, you know, challenge myself on a day-to-day basis. What did you hear from coaches and from scouts, you know, during that process and when they bring you in or just talk to you? Um, what were the things they were telling you? Yeah, so my agent and coaches were telling me that I would be a, a early, a late first round or early second round, um, and maybe even slip into the third round, depending on how I ran my forty. So when I heard that, you know, I really dialed in, and I said that um, let me focus on the things that I could focus on to try to improve my, you know, draft grade. So I did that, and it ended up working out well for me because um, I ended up running my career fastest forty ever, and um, I was really excited. Yeah. Uh, the work again paid off for you. Yes, sir. Could you have written up a better script that, that you get drafted by the Texans? 
No, <laughs> I, I couldn't have. I would have never guessed. I was just telling them I could have never guessed that I would have been a Texan. Like, during the whole draft process, I had a, a visit to the Texans, but I was like, it's a little too close to home. Like, are they really going to pick me? Is this really going to be how how I start my NFL career? Like, it just sounded too good to be true. And then I ended up getting a call from um, Coach Lovey Smith and, and Nick Casario, and I thought it was somebody pranking me because it was an 832 number. And I wasn't about to answer it. I was like, I can't answer this. They might, another team might be trying to call me, and then I ended up answering, and they told me, and I was – Start crying. It, it was a great time. Wait, you almost didn't take the call? I almost didn't take the call. <laughs> Here's your, your dream team. You're 10 minutes away. Exactly. You almost didn't take the call. I almost didn't take it. It, it, was, it, it was about to be a, a nightmare for me, but uh, I ended up answering it, and it worked out well. That's a great story. I think they would have called you back if you didn't answer. I think they would have called you back. Um, very good. And we talked about, you know, the differences moving from college into a professional ranks. You always hear this, you know, it's a business, you know, it's a, it's a business now. I mean, this is your job doing this, but you still seem like you play with the, uh, with the fun and joy that you've always played with. I mean, that, that's still a part of your game, isn't it? Yes, sir. I try to keep it simple, you know, keep it simple in that I try to, as a defensive player, I want to bring energy to the game. I want to run to the ball and have fun when I get there and try to get the ball out because then that gets the ball back to the offense and that helps us score points. Um, so, yeah, I just try to keep it real simple, go out there and execute my job and, and have fun because a lot of people don't get to do what I do. And, you know, I don't want to take advantage of that. I want to – I mean, I want to take advantage of that. I don't want to, you know, just go out there and go through the motions. I want to have fun and enjoy this time that I have on the football field. That's good. And aren't you at a position that – to me it seems like it's becoming more and more important. I mean, more of a uh, um, central focus of an NFL defense. Yes, sir. So I play safety and um, – Safety is, is, in my opinion, the, the quarterback of the defense of the back end because you have to be able to, you know, navigate, run, and pass, and you have to be able to play in the box and out the box. So you have to be very versatile in your approach, and you have to be quick on your feet, and you also have to be strong enough to, you know, mess around with the, the big old linemen yeah. and, and the great running backs that the NFL, NFL possesses. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful position. I love it. You know, and, and I enjoy playing safety. I, I don't think um, the Lord made me um, to play anything else. Like, I think that was my position that he made me for. Ooh, I like that. Put on earth to play safety. I like it. To win championships at Baylor and hopefully for the Texans now, too. So that's cool. Uh, coming in as a rookie and you, you seem like, I mean, from a distance, you seem like you just put your head down and did your work. Um, but what's it like for the veterans? Isn't there kind of a rite of passage, uh, the veterans kind of making you feel welcome as a rookie? Definitely, definitely. I, um, Anything I spent you can the, tell us about that? I spent a lot of time at, at Sam's, you know, just making sure that I always had um, the correct snacks for the veterans, making sure they had what they need for um, our meetings. Because if, if, if they showed up and I didn't have, you know, their Cheez-Its or their Skittles, it was going to be a bad meeting because they was going to talk about me the whole time in practice. I was going to have to do stuff like – I made sure that I was on that. And then at the end of the season, we ended up doing a, a nice dinner. So um, that was fun, and I enjoyed that. It was a good time. You know, uh, you only get to be a rookie once. So, you know, I embraced that. Um, I spent the money. You know, it, it, it'll all come back. You know, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it'll make you – so another group of rookies are coming in this year. 
you'll remember that. You'll remember your experience there. Yeah, I remember that, but I, I want to be the guy that kind of helps them out. You know, I want to be the guy that shows them the ropes and, you know, tries to make their life a little bit easier because I don't want to be that guy that um, is making them worry about other things when they're coming in to, you know, play football. So um, that's the type of role that I want to take um, to this next group of rookies coming in. Uh, what do you think about the Texans draft this year? Boy, made some noise, huh? Did a wonderful job. I think we got a lot of great pieces, and, you know, we're heading in the right direction. I think that we're going to continue to build and um, bring that energy back. I feel I can already feel it at our practices. It's very competitive, and, you know, I'm consistently trying to find ways to get better because everybody around me is doing the same. Is it fun to think about, you know, the team improving and good draft and bring these guys in, but whatever success happens, you're right in the middle of it. I mean, you're a key player, even though you're going into just your second year. Exactly. And I, I, I take full ownership for that. You know, I want to be the guy that my teammates look at uh, when times are hard and, um, you know, be able to lift them up. You know, I take real ownership in that, and hopefully, you know, I can be that guy for my teammates. Nice. What uh, a lot of professionals in this room today, uh, you're a professional any other pro football players here? Let me just double check. No, you're a professional in a field that uh, is, is somewhat unique. But what would you say to them about the work ethic and your success in your field that might translate into any other business, broadcasting or anything else that might uh, be applicable? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing for me was just running towards my weaknesses. I feel like early on in my career, especially at Baylor, I was always trying to hide from those and uh, – try to shy away from getting better but when I ran towards my weaknesses those were my biggest blessings because understanding that I wasn't you know the fastest guy on the field or I wasn't the strongest guy on the field that helped me understand that I probably need to be a little bit more smarter and had to understand things um, at a deeper level so that helped me play a lot faster on the field and helped me make the plays um, that got me that recognition that I wanted um, with that I think with anything I feel like you always got to compete you always got to find a way to compete. Like um, me and my brother, I can remember growing up, we could be drinking water together. And we, I got a bottle and I'm like looking at him and he looking at me and we trying to see who could drink the bottle the fastest. Like stuff like that. I feel like you should always just find a, a, a way to compete and that'll continue to drive you to get better at what you're doing. So, um, yeah, running to your weaknesses and competing at whatever you're doing is going to always, you know, help you evolve in whatever field you're in. It's a great piece of advice uh, that would work for all of us. Any going into your second year, any particular goals you have in mind, either personal or team goals going into this year? Yeah, I want to become a better leader on and off the field. Um, I think something that I struggle with is, you know, stepping out of my comfort zone and um, just talking to my teammates off the field. So that's something that I probably need to focus on more going into this offseason, spending a little bit more time outside the facility to grow that chemistry and, um, you know, just get to know my teammates at a deeper level because I think when you do that, it helps you so much more on the field. So that's something that I'm focusing on. Um, and, yeah, that's really it. I think if I continue to put in the work, the stuff will happen on the field. But I think that leadership and, you know, just getting to know my teammates will help so much more on the field and further after. So that's something that I'm focusing on right now. There's another Baylor guy with the Texans. Been there a while. Talking about those veterans, Jonathan Weeks. Big legend, yeah. a guy that's been doing it at a high level for a long time. And he's a guy that I look at every day. You know, he's a guy that is – I'm literally racing him out to the field every day. <laughs> at practice, the specialists are always the first guys on the field. And um, I'm always trying to be out there before them. So he's a guy that has been in the league, I don't know, 
15. John, John McClain said 14 years. 14, yeah, 14 years. years. So he's been doing it for a long time, and it's a reason that he's still around. Like, they don't just keep you around just to keep you around. Like, he's obviously doing things the right way. So I'm trying to take bits and pieces from him to, you know, add to my game and add to, you know, my personality in order to, you know, stay around for a long time as well. And again, playing for your hometown team, really, for, for Houston, that is just so cool. I'm happy for you there. And you continue to invest in that and invest in Houston. Morgan told us that you and Juliana are going to volunteer at a food bank tomorrow morning. So just one of the things I'm guessing that you do a, a lot of. Yeah, I try to get in the community as much as possible. Um, I actually want to start a foundation in the near future, you know, to help um, disadvantaged youth and, you know, just help them be able to think on a different level and give them resources that they don't have. I feel like a lot of kids nowadays um, don't have the things that I had growing up or not exposed to as much as I did. So I'm just trying to put that in front of them early so that they can make decisions to, you know, speed up that process and help them figure out what they really want to do with their life. Man, you got it all together. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. You really do. And and uh, maybe I speak for a lot of people here, but you're an inspiration. You really are how you stuck with Baylor. And, you know, that sealed your uh, legacy at Baylor right there. Oh, yeah, I add to that a Big 12 Conference Championship before you leave. Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, Sugar Bowl Championship. Best season in Baylor football history and now into the pros. And you just continue to uh, to give and give back. And uh, congratulations to you for that. Appreciate that, John. Yeah, congratulations. Yes, really good. Happy New Year from the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. From the Alan Samuel Studios, you're listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stress. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found off my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey. Back with us, John Morris Show on a Wednesday, Bare Necessities. Let's talk Bare Necessities, uh, the B-E-A-R type of Bare Necessities. We woke, welcome in Dakota Farquhar Cadell, Associate Director of Student Activities, and the Robert Reed, Director of the Baylor Chamber of Commerce, oversees the uh, live mascot bear program on campus. Dakota, we appreciate you being on with us. How are you today? Jamo, thanks for having me on. Uh, we're doing great. It's a little hot, uh, but it is a beautiful day here in Waco. Very nice, very nice. So the new Cubs, a lot of attention. Number one, you and uh, and your group have done a great job kind of uh, teasing, I guess, you know, Indy and Bell coming to campus yeah. and their growth and their time here in Waco. That's been fun to watch. Yeah, thank you. It's been a, it has been the most remarkable couple months watching them grow. I was just looking at pictures from a couple months ago when they first kind of rolled into Texas. And gosh, they have just uh, maybe tripled in size. Luckily, they're still small, super cute, still under that 70-pound mark. Uh, but, man, they've grown it quite a bit in the past couple months. Is that uh, – it's a crazy question. Is that normal? Are they, are they on a normal yeah. growth plane? 
Yeah, they are. They are. And uh, Indy, the bigger one, um, she's for a little while, they started to kind of go neck and neck on size, but Indy's pulling away again as the bigger bear. And so we expect over her life that Indy will always be kind of the bigger bear and Belle will be the smaller bear. But they're super healthy. They're, they're just the best. Tell people uh, the story. You know, where did you find them and how did they uh, yeah. end up coming here to Baylor? Yeah, so we rescued them from a game park in Idaho. So they were born under human care, which means they can never be re-released uh, into the wild. Uh, and so they needed a home of humans that would care for them. And this park, particular park, was overpopulated. They have capacity for a handful of bears each year. And there were some incidences that led to about uh, 10 extra bear cubs that they mm-hmm. needed homes for desperately. And so we were able, I mean, this time, the timing worked out perfect. We, we had the resources and the availability, and I needed to send them somewhere. And so we grabbed them, and, uh, and they've turned out to be a phenomenal match for the Beta family. They love people. Uh, they're starting to spend little spurts of time in the on-campus habitat this week in preparation for Meet the Cubs on Saturday. And, man, when there's a big crowd, they just love it. They love the attention. <laughs> That's great. What's that, uh, what's that process like? How do you, you know, acclimatize them, I guess, to the new bear yeah. habitat? Yeah, we, we kind of started off just spending a couple hours uh, each day leading up to this week. And then this week we've done a couple overnighters. So they spend a couple nights inside the habitat, feel it out. Uh, you know, they, they acclimate very differently. Uh, Indy is super relaxed and chill. She's like, this is my home. I'm ready. Let's let we're here. Uh, Belle is super excited, but she's so excited. She's got to have a really full belly to calm down a little bit. <laughs> so she's jumping around. She's exploring, you know, Indy's content just floating in the water. She just loves those. We have two or three different big pools and streams in the habitat, as you know, and she just loves floating in them. Belle, on the other hand, she's like, oh, I want to climb this log. I want to check out this fence. I want to dig in this cave. You know, she's all over the place. So they're very different, but they're acclimating really well. That's cool. And uh, I was saying earlier, you had to sort of cub-proof the habitat, didn't you, before you could get them in there? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Oh, we did. And everyone wants to know, what does cub-proofing mean? Uh, Well, it means basically cubs are phenomenal climbers. And Dory and Lady, they never were in this habitat as cubs. Um, and so the, this habitat only held, you know, middle-aged uh, older bears, and and so those, that fencing was not was not sufficient to, to keep these cubs in. And so we made sure to extend the fence line up a bit. It's created almost like a little two-foot lid that kind of goes along the top of the fence. And then, man, Jim, their paws, as you've seen, are so cute and little, but they can just sneak around anything. And so right. there's some holes and some walls that. Joy and Lady couldn't sneak around, but those paws, you know, could reach around pretty easily. So we sealed up those parts and just made sure everything was really safe for them. Very cool. Well, you know, my wife Terry and I, we 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 love the Cubs. We love all the Baylor yep. Bears, but uh, yep. she Terry was worried that leaving the spot where they have been, they won't have trees to climb because man, they were right. they were climbing up those trees like nobody's business. Yeah. Yeah, they were. And that's a good question. We've got that question too. You know, they're kind of naturally already phasing out of their cleat, uh, tree climbing phase. Okay. We still, they still go to their offsite facility every other day or so as an acclimation process. And even just yesterday, they didn't even climb the tree once. Um, so they're, so as they age and get older, they kind of, they kind of go through different phases. And so those trees really aren't what they love anymore. They gotcha. were about a month ago, but not right now. The other cool thing is that, um, we brought in two brand new giant logs that uh, one lays down horizontal and the other one lays up across it, like kind of like a tall fallen tree limber. And, uh, and they eat, they weigh about 7,000 pounds together total. Uh, and they're reclaimed from a dead tree on campus. 
So we brought him into the habitat, and that's kind of like their pseudo-climbing fix right now. Yeah. Uh, it gives them something to scratch on, but not a tree that's so high that they get injured. All right, what's the uh, what's the diet like right now for Bell and Indy? Ooh, they are tanking up. They're, they're drinking. <laughs> each, each one of them has three bottles per meal three times a day, uh, sometimes three and a half for four each, so anywhere from seven to eight bottles per meal per day. And their milk is over fifty percent fat, wow. so it is thick. <laughs> it is like it is like a Elmer's glue, like heavy cream. Like <laughs> they're just chugging it down. Uh, and so they warm up their milk each day, three times a day. And then in between, we give them some snacks. They're really loving romaine lettuce right now, and some apples. Uh, Belle, in particular, is loving snacking on grapes, sweet potatoes, some raw chicken here and there. Trying to get them on the solid foods as they naturally progress and mature. And am I right? Did you tell uh, Terry and I that uh, full-grown Indy will be like 400 pounds? Is that right? She may. She wow. may. You know, it's basically it's just as hard as when we try to predict our own kids how mm-hmm. big they're going to be. Sure. But based on her size and how she grew the first couple months, we think she could be a pretty big uh, female black bear, up to 400 pounds. Uh, and Belle likely will stay close to the 250 range, is okay. my guess. But there's no telling. You never know. Well, we get to kind of watch that together, which is part of the fun. Uh, but that's what we're expecting. A dainty 250, right? Uh, yeah, dainty. Dainty, dainty. for the yeah all, for Bell. All muscle. I mean, man, they are strong already. <laughs> I think they're probably about 70 pounds. We're going to weigh them today. But whew, they can. They would win an arm wrestle easily right now. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, what does Saturday look like? Uh, meet the Cubs Saturday morning. Uh, I bet you're going to have a yeah. lot of visitors there. Absolutely. You know, we partnered partnered with Athletics on this day because, you know, they've been planning for Meet the Bears uh, that Saturday afternoon, which will be super fun at McLean Stadium. Get to meet all the student athletes, the Bruiser Miracles, get signatures, all that good stuff. And we're like, hey, we need to, we need to release it. You know, we need to show off the Cubs, too. So let's, let's do it all in one day together. And so Meet the Cubs will be that morning from 10 a.m. to noon. Everyone can go get a bite to eat somewhere in Waco and then meet up at McLean Stadium for Meet the Bears, the human bears, in the mm. afternoon. It'll be a super fun day. Um, but when you come by the Habitat, it'll be kind of like a, a block a block party-style event. We'll have the roads blocked off, a couple bounce houses, some caricature artists, some face painting. Uh, we have a live wood carver coming to carve uh, bear, Indian Bell out of a big log. So that'll be kind of a fun thing to watch. Uh, and then, of course, the most important thing, you'll get to see the Cubs on full display. They'll be out and about having the time of their life. Uh, we'll have some merch for sale. Uh, we we released the first ever Indian Bell merch. And so ah. We have a storefront. It's very hot off the press. We got a storefront online right now, uh, and you can go. You can either buy online, ship to anywhere in the country, or if you're one of the first 500 students on Saturday, you'll get a free shirt. And so we got tote bags, stickers, mugs. You know the whole the whole thing. Rock stars, Bell and India rock Absolutely. stars, aren't they? Uh, they they seem like it. I mean. We don't announce right now when they're going to be out on exhibit. Right. It's so unpredictable. But it's like it's like the students can smell it. You know, <laughs> we let them out. And the next thing you know, there are dozens, dozens, hundreds of students coming to see them and cheer them on. It's pretty remarkable. That's pretty cool. So will they be there full time now or you're not sure about that yet? Yeah, but starting Saturday, they'll be there full time. OK, OK. Uh, they'll, still, they'll still hop off to their enrichment yard a couple of times a week. Um, but in terms of home base, by Saturday, home base will officially be on campus at the Bill and Ava Williams Bear Habitat. Very cool. And what about Sweet yep. Lady? Uh, Joy passed away, but uh, Sweet Lady, where where uh, is she going to move to? Yeah, so she's moving to her retirement auxiliary facility, and that move has been complete this week. And so she settled into her retirement home, and, man, it's, it was emotional for me because 
she's been so monumental in the heart of campus for over two decades. But ooh, she loved it. She's just immediately just took a snooze under a shade tree. Oh. You know, we give her treat treats throughout the day, different toys to play with. She has a really awesome wading pond that's like an in-ground wading pond that the deepest is 12 inches, which okay. is perfect for her. So she can just kind of slink into it and sit and be comfy. Right now on campus, those pools are so deep that it was hard for her and her joints to get in and out of it. So she has a custom-built wading pond. She has just an awesome pasture with some really great field trees. I mean, some shade trees. It's just a life for her. Um, she's seen Indian Bell for the fence a couple times. Um, they they haven't interacted without a fence, and that will probably be for a couple of years if they interact. Hmm. We want to make sure Indian Bell get a little bigger so that they're more comfortable in size. Uh, but for now, there's a fence between them whenever they go out there together, uh, and it's kind of it's kind of fun to see them say, "Huh, what's that?" Like, yeah. You know, the, the Indian bell, like, what's that big bear doing? Here? Yeah, all right. And, and, and ladies, like, whoa, what are these little bears doing? So it's, it's, a good, it's a good time for everyone. That is so cool. Well, thanks for your time. I know you're busy. We look forward to Saturday. Uh, meet the Cubs beginning at 10 a.m. at the uh, Bear Habitat on campus. And uh, Dakota, uh, my wife Terry, says give them a hug for her. So I will. I will. You, you know how she feels about those Cubs. I so know. You'll have to come see them again soon. Would love to. And thanks for your time. Sure appreciate it. All right, thanks, Emma. Bye. All right, Dakota Farquhar Cadell from the Baylor campus. An update on uh, the two new Baylor Cubs, Judge Indy and Judge Bell, American Black Bear Cubs, who are making the move full-time to campus beginning on Saturday. Saturday is Meet the Cubs, 10 a.m. Saturday morning there at the Bear Habitat. You know where it is right there on uh, on 5th Street, right next to the uh, Student Union building. Uh, Dakota has, you can hear, a real heart for this uh, program and he is just, I think he's been living out there with those Cubs almost full-time um, as they acclimated first to the uh, off-site facility, now as they move to the on-campus facility, and we appreciate Dakota visiting with us. From the Allen Samuel Studios. You're listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. You're listening to the John Moore Show live from the NCAA basketball tournament. I mean, it's one game. <laughs> like, it's one game, and you got to make sure you play to the best of your ability because the next game is not guaranteed. And when I look at my perspective, it can be a continuous college college career or it might be I might, or it might be it. So the reality of it is just focusing, you know, paying attention to all the details so you can actually win the game so you don't get another opportunity to play another. Now with the Bears on the road to the Final Four, here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Back with us live from Denver, that is Flo Thamba, the Baylor senior postman, Baylor's all-time winningest player, Flo Thamba, and it is down to uh, win or go home, win or your career's over for, for Flo Thamba. That is a very good motivation, you would think, for him, for everyone around him, and for certainly Baylor, but every team in the NCAA tournament. Back live from Denver, and uh, let's visit with... Uh, not a native uh, Coloradan, uh, native Texan, but uh, a resident of the Denver area now. And a folks, uh, person many of you know, and David Chandler has worked for Baylor 
for 35 years, 31 of those in Baylor Athletics. And D.C. joins us now. And, uh, David, it's nice for a change for us to come to you in Denver. Hello, John. Yeah, welcome to Denver. I am glad you guys are here. It's, uh, it's an exciting time. It really is. It's really cool, and you probably would have found your way wherever Baylor was playing, <laughs> but it's nice when you just uh, have to travel across town, right? Yeah, I tend to I tend to do that this time of year. This time of year, isn't it, with uh, March Madness? I, so I tend to find the Bears wherever they're playing, but it is nice. I'm about five miles from my house. I actually rode the wow. train to the arena for the uh, open practice today, so it's a lot of fun. That is really cool. <laughs> that is really fun. And uh, and what's it like for you? I mean, you were the men's basketball trainer for uh, many of those 31 years, um, and you're still close to the program because you know you know Coach Drew and our coaching staff and so many so many players uh, and so many people associated with the program. Um, this is a fun time of year, like you said, isn't it? When you get to March Madness. Yeah, it really is, and we've had so much success recently, and, and that's just a tribute to Coach Drew and his staff. They do such a great job, and it's just an exciting time to be a Baylor fan. Uh, it's just an exciting time to be associated with Baylor in general, and uh, it's just fun. And like I've heard you say numerous times, Coach Drew and his staff, they're just wonderful. Um, they're really, really good for our student-athletes and are good for Baylor. So, yeah, it's just a lot of excitement um, at the moment. Very cool. All right, what do we need to know about Denver? Uh, hopefully we're here, you know, for uh, for a couple of games. That would be through Sunday. Uh, I know a, a group went out to Red Rock uh, um, Amphitheater yesterday. I saw some pictures there. That's pretty cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. I yeah, walked so down to Coors Field. Yeah, Denver's a great city. Um, you guys have seen a little bit of all the weather so far. You had a beautiful <laughs> spring day yesterday with bright sunshine, and then you woke up with snow on the ground this morning. So, yeah. uh, and unfortunately, it's cloudy, so you can't see the mountains today. But it's just a, it's a really pretty, beautiful place. Good people. Um, I think tomorrow's going to be pretty. It's going to probably be in the 30s, but the sun will be bright, and uh, it should just be a great day. Really cool. I think I saw, uh, Dave, that this is Denver's first time hosting uh, an NCAA regional since 2016. So I was kind of surprised at that. I would, th- would have thought this would have been in a pretty, pretty regular uh, rotation of hosting. Yeah, you would think so. It's a good location, and this arena is really, really good. Um, and it just seems like a good site, so I'm surprised by that as well. I know the Baylor people from here, and this was before I was here, but they were excited when the women's team came here. I guess that was the first national championship was played here. And um, they talk about that still, about how much fun that was to have Baylor here for that. Uh, but the men haven't been here, I guess, since since we used to play uh, CU in those in those old Big 12 days when they, when they were in the Big 12. So, um, yeah, it's exciting to have them here. Yeah, and I tell everybody, anybody that will listen, I miss our trips to Colorado. When when the Buffaloes were in the Big 12, I loved coming up here. Boulder is, you know, 45 minutes away, just north of Denver. And I just love uh, this area. The mountains is just beautiful. It's picturesque, and it's really fun to come back up here. Uh, David Chandler, our guest uh, with Baylor Advancement. What's the, uh, what's the Baylor alum population in this area? Are there a lot of Baylor alums here? Yeah, that's a great question. So I saw a stat that within 50-mile radius of Denver, we have 5,000 Baylor constituents. 
Oh. And that's families, friends, alums, whatever it might be. So it's a, it's a huge Baylor area. Now, now Denver's funny because we try to have Baylor events, and they don't always all show up because there's so much going yeah. on. They like to do outdoor things, so they're, they're always outside. But it's a big Baylor community. Um, just from a student perspective, uh, obviously the majority of our students at Baylor are from Texas. And then second, from a state perspective, is California. And that's just by pure numbers. But then third is Colorado, which if if you look at the population of Colorado, that's really pretty surprising because we're smaller than a lot of states. Um, But so it's a a huge Baylor Baylor, uh, group here in in Denver and just in Colorado as a whole. Good, very good. All right, from your time, uh, and it was many years working with Baylor basketball, uh, what's your fondest March Madness memory? Uh, With the Bears or maybe otherwise, uh, what comes to mind for you? Well, so fortunately or unfortunately, I missed the national championship as far as being on staff. Uh, that was two years after I transitioned over to this role. But I was there for all six games. So I, I would have to say that during the bubble, uh, you know, during the pandemic and being in Indianapolis for all six games, that was probably the best. Um, nice. From when I was with the team, that first run, we had with Coach Drew to the Elite Eight. Uh, that was just special. I and mean, it was just a lot of fun. You know, in Houston, we had such a large Baylor group of people. I don't know, John, maybe 30 or 40,000 Baylor fans at those games. And yeah. it was just, yeah. that was a lot of fun. So I think from my time with men's basketball, that was probably the highlight. Um, unfortunately, in, in these jobs, sometimes you remember the low points more so than the high points. Uh, they just tend to stick with. They just tend to stick with you longer. But from a high point perspective, that was by far, uh, by far the best. That's a great memory, and that will always be a great memory. Uh, really cool down in Houston. All right, uh, what, what do you think? Uh, you you keep close tabs on this Baylor team. Uh, what do you think about the matchup with Cal Santa Barbara and how the Bears do? Hopefully, in two games here in Denver. Yeah, let's pray for two games, and let's pray for two games, yes. and then the Bears get to go to Louisville. That's 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 what, yes. that's, that's what we're looking for. Um, you know, John, you know I watch and listen to all the games, but as all our fans know, if we will rebound and get some defensive stops, we're going to score points. So if we can muster up what it takes to rebound and get defensive stops uh, when we need to get those defensive stops, we'll be good. You know, just our, our – Offensive efficiency is so good. Those guards are so incredible that um, we're going to score points, but we have to be able to get some stops and rebound a little bit. Yep, I think that's a pretty good assessment. You're exactly right. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out tomorrow. David, I'll uh, tell our listeners, I always appreciate you. You tune in to our show when you can, uh, either maybe not live, but on the podcast when you're out climbing the mountains and hiking here in Colorado. So we always that, and it's always good to hear from you. And it is really, really great for us to come to you to be here in Denver for this tournament. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm just, I'm, I'm too excited. I think I told you when I spoke earlier. I'm not getting any work done this week because I'm just too excited. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I guess I shouldn't say that because my boss might hear it. But, uh, uh, but it's, uh, it's just a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad you guys are here, and uh, hopefully we'll have a good turnout of, of Baylor fans here in Denver. Very cool. Hey, Dave, thanks very much. I appreciate it. We'll see you uh, again uh, tomorrow for sure. Sounds good. Take care, John, and thank you. All right. 
All right, thank you very much. There's uh, David Chandler. David, 31 years in Baylor athletics, a good portion of that as the men's basketball trainer. 35 years total working with Baylor, now with Baylor Advancement, and uh, living and working here in Denver. So he knows what he's talking about when he tells you about the numbers of Baylor uh, constituents here in this area. And he and Amy just two of the greatest people in the world. So great to be able to uh, have David uh, on the show and be able to visit with him.